Taylor's Intersection was a chance for me to have a medium where people could talk about the intersection of money and meaning. I've been in sales 16 plus years and I know for the most part it's binary. One, zero, one, zero, one, zero. If you bring in enough money, then you're a good person. If you don't, you're not so much of a good person. The sales world is binary and missing something important that goes beyond meeting quotas. This is how to prevent selling your soul and wasting valuable years of life. But sales can be more than just a money grab. It can be meaningful and enjoyable. And those who can better explain this meaning are not your cookie cutter by the sales book vanilla people. They're my guests. And hope you enjoy the first season. More to come in the second and seasons beyond. Um, these are colorful people and they discuss how they derive fulfillment, meaning, enjoyment, and also what they're bringing to the positive evolution of sales. And it continues to be wonderful. Hey, Larry, can you hear me? What's the word? What's happening? Long day, man. Long day. Well, I know it's most days are probably long because uh, you start at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was added like, I don't know, a quarter after three this morning. Um, I had a couple, <clears throat> a couple nights, <clears throat> a couple mornings recently um where i couldn't i got up around like uh 3 45 something like that and um i just couldn't sleep but it was weird uh you know it was dark for like two hours so i didn't know what to do with my do with myself but uh yeah yeah i mean i i mean i love it i got i i do some of my best thinking i do some of my best work <clears throat> from like four o'clock to six o'clock in the morning was that right yeah Okay, so I'm gonna, oh, there we go. So we've got the gallery view. Um, and what I'm gonna do here is, I have this right there. And then- So where are you? What city you live in? I'm in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco proper, serious? Yeah. Nice. Well, is that wild? No. Where are you? Thousand Oaks. I'm just south of Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah, you know, um, southern end of Ventura County. Okay, I got some family down there. Whereabouts? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been uh, living in San Francisco for about 18 years. Shit, I haven't been to. I, I was in San Francisco three years ago. Outside of that, I hadn't been to San Francisco since I've been 12. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm looking to move with my girlfriend. We want to go to something a little bit uh, slower pace, like Santa Cruz or something like that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I've been out here almost my whole life. And my wife and I were talking, she doesn't want to leave California. So when we decide to, you know, gets to that time, the next chapter in our life, we're going to find some swanky little hole in the wall city in Northern California and just go there. Yeah, that sounds nice. Um, okay, so we'll go ahead and start. Um, here. I'll follow your lead. So we'll, yeah. this will be good, but I'll, I like surprises. So we'll just, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, How long are your podcasts? I want to get them. I saw the, the other one was like 30 minutes, less than that. Yeah, I think I want them I'm ideally in the 20 to 25 minute range just because, you know, I'm just starting out and there's a lot of noise out there with, you know, webinars and, and podcasts and, and to get people to listen to yet another, uh, I want it to be easy. You know? I don't know how many people have launched podcasts over the last 60 days. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, you know, it makes sense given the pandemic, but I've been wanting to do it for a long time. I mean, I started this. In Good December. for you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just finished, um, three years. We just recorded ours two days ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I've listened to a couple, um, and I read your book. So thank you. Yeah. Well, that's how we connected. Yeah. That's how we connected. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and, um, and just we can start right now um it's already recording and i'll just edit uh let me see just trying to remember what i learned from my first one um okay so you got ready dude i'm dude i I'll, i'm i'll roll whenever you want to roll so uh, it's your show i'm just right, for the ride let me just get some water okay Hello, welcome to the second episode of Sales Intersection. Um, it's a podcast about people that focus on sales mostly day to day. And the intersection reflects where my guests derive meaning from, from the profession, uh, where they feel they bring a unique value that serves to push the profession forward and evolve. Um, today, second episode, I have, uh, we have with us Larry Levine, best-selling author of the uh, with the book selling from the heart and um a little a little bit of a um context here i read <laughs> i read the book and it was just you know there's a book that comes out every every week about a new sales methodology or or a way to close the deal faster or you know um it, it kind of feels like you have to force a, a certain you know, uh, uh, the methodology seems forced or you have to, um, you know, it's calculated. And I read your book and it was just so refreshing, you know, it just simplified it. It was, it was um, just being authentic and, and it's just about being yourself. And, you know, um, it just, it, it, it made my anxiety level go down. I was, once I, you know, started looking at it at sales in the way you wrote about, but let's, Let's start there, Larry. Um, uh, can you, how would you, uh, you know, um, describe your book and, and the movement that has come from it um, your, by your followers and, and, you know, the message it carries? Well, first of all, hey, thanks for having me on, Eric. I appreciate it. And it's, you use the word intersection. So I think that'd be a great way to start is, isn't this interesting that 
our paths crossed through the intersection of social. Yeah. I mean, th think about that. You, you know, I think relationships are built in so many different ways that it, it, it's kind of cool. And it just, I, I love stuff, stuff like this. That's what just I geek out on when I meet people in so many different ways. And, and I always say this is, uh, you got one great shot to make a first impression. Yeah. And now, you know, we, we live in the intersection between the physical and the digital world. And we kind of, we kind of met in that intersection. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know what I discovered, um, because but I, I didn't want to sidetrack from that. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question, but I had to address that first. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll quickly I'll quickly add to that, and then we can get into um, uh, the, the question I asked. But um, you know, I started the website, um, and I I was I was thinking I'd add the podcast later, and I I had never done um, anything like this, and I, I was you know good at some things, you know the sales part of things, but building the website um website design looked like a you know eight-year-old made it um and then having you know be consistent on all, all social channels and all that kind of stuff anyway um i i couldn't believe how nice people were uh to connect with me over the phone you know best-selling authors like yourself or people that have you know all these accolades and so um it's just been a, a tremendous experience um just you know how easy it's been to to have these conversations because I think people have been there you know they started um, they started you know maybe by themselves and 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 when you're doing it by yourself it, it takes passion I mean the motivation is just passion and um, and something you really believe in and I know I know that resonates with you so um, that's a good segue what um, selling from the heart uh, maybe you know uh, maybe you can start with you know, the, the, the day you decided you'd be writing that book, why you, why you wanted to write it and, um, you know, uh, where it is today, the movement, you know, you have so many people following you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to condense this one, yeah. but it's, um, a couple of things is I made a promise to my wife when we got married, gosh, almost 29 years ago that I'd write a book. I had no idea what the book would be. I just said, by the time I was 50 years old, I'd write a book. Well, as it turned out, that book came out three years after my 50th birthday. Wow. And that was selling from the heart. But I'll give you the backstory on, on kind of how this came to be. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in this, that everybody's capable of writing their own story. It's how we choose to use the words and the messaging behind that. I'm a big, big believer. We all have the capability of writing our own story. And that's what I learned. I spent 28 years, almost 29 years in the office technology channel. So yeah, I sold copiers. I sold copiers my whole life in the Los Angeles marketplace. Copiers, software, all those things. I, I mean, on the streets of Los Angeles. And there's something I learned along the way. And it's kind of at that time, I didn't know that that was selling from the heart as it is today. But I spent my whole time in a chaotic sales channel full of broken promises, busted dreams. And that's, it was, it was unfortunate. I saw high sales turnover and I saw people, I'm going to throw it out there. I saw people just being deceitful, lying to customers, 
all kinds of things. And I said, there has to be a better way. And there was something that I was, that I took to heart as I was cognizant of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I was cognizant of what people were saying. I was cognizant of what, what was happening on sales teams. I asked for feedback. I asked my clients for feedback. And early on in my career, I found this out. If I didn't place my customer's best interest at heart, if I didn't show how much I cared, appreciated, respected them, it was going to be hard to have them continue to do business with me. It was simple things like that. See, I grew up with a dad who was a rocket scientist, Eric, for the United States Air Force. He was a propeller head. He had a, he had two, he had a PhD from two Ivy League schools in aeronautical physics by the time he was 20. I grew up, I totally grew up with school rammed down my throat and I rebelled against it. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you'd grow up smart. (laughs) Well, well, plus it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this. You crap on your customers and they'll never do business with you again. Yeah. I will, I will, I will let you know that. And I saw that firsthand in the channel that I grew up in. I said, you know what, there has to be a better way. So what I did is I went on a learning expedition. I went out and I started asking people, what do they like? What do they don't like about salespeople? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you like to see? What's a sales professional look like? And pretty soon I had this long laundry list of things. These are everything they hated. And this was about everything they liked, which was really short. And what I did is I did something really brilliant. I did the complete freaking opposite of everybody in my marketplace. I just placed my customer up on a silver business platter. I took exceptional care of them. I created that wow experience. I showed how much I cared, appreciated them. And something magical happened along the way. Conversations started to open up. They started to tell me things they wouldn't share with other people. Because I made it about them and I truly cared. I knew about them and their family. They knew about me and my family. Were you ever that sales guy that was manip- manipulating the customer and, and you know, uh, maybe lying or, or being disin- uh, you know, disingenuous? I, w- I would be lying if I said it's never happened. So I think it's happened to all of us. But, but it's interesting that you bring that up because I had a life-altering moment about 20-some-odd years ago. And I was sitting in a meeting with a chief financial officer of a large manufacturing company out here in my marketplace. It took me three years to get in this account, Eric, three years to get that finally that first meeting where I'm going face to face with the chief financial officer. I'm wearing a suit. I walked in, we meet and greet, shake hands, right? We're all jockeying for that position around a little table he had in his office. And in the first five minutes of my conversation with that chief financial officer, I abruptly get stopped dead in my tracks. Now, this time I'm probably, I'm in my mid-30s. This chief financial officer, boom, cold heart, just boom. Larry, over, stop, boom. And I'm like going, all of a sudden the wheels start turning, Eric, right? What did I, I don't think I said, and I'm going, this all happened in the span of like 10 seconds. I don't think I said anything to piss the guy off. What happened? And all of a sudden I kicked into another gear and I said, you know what? I inserted his name and I said, I'm sorry if I said something to upset you. I don't think I did. He goes, you actually did, Larry. He goes, you're the third copier rep who's come in this office in the last week. You all walk, talk, and act the same way. You talk about your products, your services, your solution, how great you are, how great your company is, how long you've been in the business. I got sick and tired of hearing it. You were the third person I asked you to stop. 
Hmm. Now think about that one for a second. All of your listeners spend any amount of time in sales. It's happened to them. Oh yeah. Right. It's just like that. I, I mean, I learned real quick. I had to do something different. All of a sudden I flipped a sheet of paper over. I had two choices to make. I could have just shook the guy's hand, said, I'm sorry, got up and left. Never go back again. I chose the second way. I, I readjusted myself in the seat and I asked this chief financial officer, what would you do if you were me? What could I have done differently? Eric, for 45 minutes, I got schooled by a chief financial officer. I took three and a half pages of notes. And I promised myself it would never happen again. I looked him in the eye and I said, you just gave me the best life lesson I've ever got. Oh. Here's, the, here's the irony about the whole thing. This guy became my customer. He's still doing business to this day with my old company. We laugh about it to this day because he still lives in the same city I live in. But what I did is I took that moment in time and I shared it with my current customers at that time. I shared that exact same story. Yeah. And I got this same feedback from these, every single one of my customers, which basically I would have done the same thing. I said, was that what I was doing to you? And they said, well, kind of. And I said, well, why didn't you ever tell me? <laughs> and I made it that promise. I went on that journey. I said, it would never happen again. I learned that I got to show how much I care. I got to show how much I know about them. I got to ask them questions that show how much I'm in that moment. If you get what I'm cooking. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a big component of, of the change and uh, the reason for the success was self-awareness. And for me, I, I started meditating actually about uh, five or six years ago. And I was the type where if I heard the word meditation, you know, uh, even 10 years ago, it's like nails on a chalkboard. But yeah. that self-awareness allowed me to notice um, when I you know, when, when my, my mannerisms or my energy was affecting uh, people in a negative way. And I started realizing that most, most of, uh, you know, a, a conversation on the phone in sales or a face-to-face -face or, or, you know, your one-on-one -on -one with your boss, it's, it's not what you say, it's how you say it and, and your energy, right? And then, and then what you say. And if you can be comfortable with yourself and simplify it and just relax, that that really goes a long way, you know. Yeah, you know it does, and you bring up a you bring up a great point because I'm comfortable enough in my own skin. It took those couple moments, long time early in my career, to really understand that. But yeah. I ate a lot. I ate a ton of humble pie, right? I ate a ton of critique. I asked for feedback. To me, I think feedback is the breakfast of champions. Most salespeople will don't ask for feedback because they got big, bad egos, right? And they're afraid of what's really going to uncover if, if they're actually told the truth. I sought the truth out because the only way you can improve as a sales professional is you got to seek the cold, hard truth. Yeah. And everybody I asked, I just asked, hey, no BS. Don't lie to me. Give me the cold, hard reality. That's the way we're going to learn. And that's what I was bringing. And that's what I brought out in selling from the heart, Eric. And what really spurned this whole thing. And I'll, I'll tell you straight up, I was fired from a high paying corporate job at 50 years old. I'm 55 years old right now. 
in fact, it was five years ago, almost to the day, right? A couple months that I was fired from a, I was riffed. I was a number two salesperson on a corporate major account team and I got the whack job. Wow. First time ever I was asked to leave a company at 50. I cried. I cried for days. I had to start going, was it me? What did I do? What happened? And all that. And I remember telling my wife, you know, I don't know what to do. Maybe this is that, you know, that whole 50 year old crossroads in life, at least with guys. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go back into the office technology channel. I, I know that channel. It's the only channel I know. I'll be a VP of sales somewhere and I'll just write it off. And she goes, Larry, you're going to be bored, right? She inserted some nasty words and she goes, you're going to be bored after six months. You're not going to be challenged. I know you, you're not going to be challenged. I took about another couple weeks and I go, I think I got it. I'm going to go right back into the sales channel that I grew up in and I'm going to push the butt. I'm going to push the envelope on everything that I saw that could be improved. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how, that's kind of how selling from the heart was born because I go to the places and I take people to the places that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. There was not one manager ever on any team. And I was on more dysfunctional sales teams with more dysfunctional managers than I care to shake a stick at. Yeah. There was not one company that ever helped me become the best version of myself. We as salespeople straight across everywhere are taught product knowledge, solutions, knowledge, service, knowledge, how to piece a deal together. All these things that I'm not discrediting. When has one person ever helped a salesperson on their team become the best version of themselves, feel good about themselves? We don't. We, dis, we, we just shun that off to the side. It's too high, touchy-feely, mushy-gushy. That's why I started this whole Selling from the Heart movement. I, I'm a high, touchy-feely guy. I mean, you read the book. We've even had conversations prior to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to say the things that need to be said in sales because I'm here to say that sales is broken. The yeah. reason why it's broken is most people are misaligned. They're misaligned. Their sales chaos is misaligned to their heart. They're out there searching for answers. They lie. They deceit. They, they put, they just, uh, it's just, it's a mess. I'm not saying this and like, it's all over the place. There's a vast majority of that happening. Yeah, and it's yeah. only until you understand what it means to truly lead from the heart, sell from the heart, serve from the heart, which means you got to get connected to your heart in order to connect to the hearts and minds of your clients, yeah. your prospects. And so that, that's what I was going to say to you. One, one day I realized I, I've been using Audible, so I've, I've been, you know, listening, I guess, to book after book on sales and, and other things. And I realized, you know, not to not to be contentious uh, about this, Larry, but I said, you know, it, it's it's rather convenient for Larry to preach authenticity and sincerity because you're naturally a likable, coachable guy. You know, there's a reason why people um, gave you feedback because you you were you were the kind of person that you know uh, someone wanted to give their time to. But there are a lot of people in sales that are kind of the rogue folks. You know that it being their selves is actually probably doing them a disservice. Right. Um, you know, and, and they're not likable naturally, you know, so they have to go about it. And, and there's, there's, there's plenty of them that are effective that, that hit their quota, you know, hit it out of the park, but they're not likable. If they were themselves, 
they would, they, you know, uh, you know, it, the, the client saw their real self, that could be a, a bad thing, you know? Um, so it's, yeah, but, but, but here's, I, I, you, you just brought up a word that, that I just, I, I got to hit head on if you don't mind. And that's likability, right? There's too many people in sales that are, that just go, I, I need to make sure, right? They may not say it out loud. It may come through their mannerisms. It may go through their head. Hey, I got to get Eric to like me. Okay, well, that's fine, but that gets you so far. I want to be respected and I want to be viewed as somebody who's credible. And that stuff comes along the way. And what's really interesting, use the word rogue. There's a lot of rogue sales warriors out there, right? I probably was one of those ones a long time ago before, you know, I transformed who I was. But I will tell you this because I came to grips with it. I have no P I'm, I'm going to let you know, and everyone listening to this know, I have no PhD in psychology, none whatsoever. I don't have a PhD, a master's in human behavior, anything like that. I have a PhD from getting the crap kicked out of me in Los Angeles selling copiers my whole life. Yeah. But when I made it personal, when I spent the time to get to know somebody and I looked them in the eye and said, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to take care of you in the good times and the bad times. And I know there will be bad times. I think, I think um, uh, a, a big change. I, I think if I am myself and I am in sales um, and, and it works for me, but I think it really started working for me when I legitimately wanted to be a good person. And that was a, a goal of mine in life is seeking truth and being a better person day to day. And once I did that, I was, I knew that I was a good guy. I was comfortable, you know, uh, in my own shoes and I didn't have to try to impress anybody. I was, I knew if, if we got down to the very bone, this, you know, the peel it all off that you're just going to find goodness. And I think you kind of need that you're confident because I don't care what is shown. I know that at the core, I'm a good guy. Right. Um, and that, that was a turning point for me that I actually was, I knew I was striving to be good versus, you know, going after the immediate gratification and sales and money and the, um, you know, the, the lifestyle. Um, when I really was, that was the motivation for me to be a good person. Um, you, people could feel it. Customers could feel it. Clients could feel it. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I think, I think you have to honestly be, be, you know, have that as a priority, being a good person, um, for it to come so naturally. And I, I, you know, you, I can tell you're, you're a good guy and, uh, you know, you, you probably try to do the right thing all the time, you know? Well, I, I would, you know, I, I say this over and over and over again, because we, we hear words right? We hear words all the time around being genuine, being authentic, being real. And I'm not here to doubt, you know, create this big dark cloud that everyone's not. I always say this, authenticity is a lifestyle, Eric. It's not a light switch. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's sometimes we get those light switch moments that kicks us into gear and say, you know what, I got to pull my head out of my backside. But I, I, again, you know, I go back to this rogue. I have no problem calling people out. 
I have no, I truly care about building relationships and deep connections with people. In fact, we're humans. Humans crave connections. Humans crave a sense of belonging. They yeah, really yeah. do. Your customers, that's the same thing that your customers crave. So I say business is personal. So when, when I see the sales profession out there dumping on their clients, right? High five and hey, I just, I just scored a massive deal with a boatload of profit in it and everyone's hooting and hollering and all that. That's fine, right? I get it. Yeah. But there, there's more to it. Are you really going to build that deep connection with somebody? And I always say this, the rogueness, right? The deceit and all that that goes on in sales is all because, I, and I'm, I'm going to throw it out there, as I think most people are running away and they're hiding from stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I know deep down inside that's not the way they really are. And that's why I say business is personal because hopefully you would never crap on your personal relationships. Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't see somebody who's near and dear to you infrequently like you do your customers. Yeah, and and I think increasingly to today, uh, it's more about customer retention than it is about net new business. That you know, I I love the saying that your best salesperson isn't on your payroll. You know, it's your it's your customers and customer advocacy, and to, and to have your customers uh, renew year after year, you have to have a good relationship with them. You know, with the people that are engaging with them, and so it's 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 taking the the it's taking sales in that direction which is great it's taking it in a direction where it's requiring integrity and um authenticity right um so i do like that about sales i want to um ask you a couple more questions because we're coming up here on on 30 minutes um one thing larry um i'm sure you get asked to do you know interviews or webinars or podcasts or what have you um, and I get to ask you, I mean, we didn't really prepare anything for today, uh, what I want to talk about, but what, what, if, if you, um, could, could talk about anything, what, what's, what excites you most right now? Everyone's talking about, you know, so many things, video for prospecting and, and, um, you know, how to sell emerging technologies, um, to, you know, displace legacy systems, what have you, what, what excites you most right now about sales? What do you want? What do you talk about other than authenticity and what you wrote about? I think that the, the biggest thing that excites me about sales is the customer experience, the, re, the relationships that you build and things like that. And, and if there's anything that I geek out on that I actually love is the after the sale. And it's so funny because everyone's everyone works so hard, right? And we'll just put on quotes, work so hard to get that deal. And then afterwards, they cash their commission checks. And then all of a sudden, everything starts to just slowly go down the other side. Yeah. What I consistently talk about is the client experience. Because if relationships mean as much as everybody says they, are, they do, then you got to continually grow and nurture that relationship. And the only way you do that is by continuing to enhance the experience, give them wow, right? Create those raving fans, create that Disneyland-esque experience to keep them coming back. So what I, what I geek out on that I talk about all the time are two things. Salespeople around the world got to create memories, right? 
They got to capture memories and create experiences. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, watch what starts to happen as your story's told out there. So, but here's what's interesting is so many people, they talk sales, right? I'm a sales geek and a sports geek. Those are two of my favorite things I like talking about. But I think what happens in sales is we read so many sales books. We do, we're sales to death for those that choose to read. And that's okay, right? If you looked at my bookshelf, 90% of them are going to be sales-oriented stuff. I'm really into leadership books, and I'm really into experience books right now yeah. that talks about raving fans. To me, you want to, you want to create those deep, meaningful connections with your customers. Start bringing in the wow factor. Start bringing in and enhancing experience. Start bringing in leadership style qualities into your client base. Yeah. Watch what starts to happen. That's the stuff that I love talking about. So you hit on a couple things, and in, in, in the in the last thing that we'll end on is is um, I want to I want you to share with everyone how you how you start your day, which is amazing. <laughs> but you you talk about consistency. You talk um, and you, and you wrote wrote about that on LinkedIn. I saw today. And that's always something I say uh, in the interview process or when I'm interviewing someone or when, when someone asks me what's most important in a rep is it's easy to be hungry for one quarter, for one year, yeah. and, and, and then, but, but then be burnt out. Consistency is, is one of the hardest things, you know, doing it year after year after year, you know, and, uh, and how, you know, uh, hitting quota. I've, I've hit quota 12 out of, 16 times and I'm proud of that, you know? Um, but speaking of routine and consistency, um, you not only do that in, in sales, but it's, you ha- you kind of do that in your personal life too. You have a, yeah. a way you start every single day. Can you go over that? Because I just, I find it, uh, <laughs> I found it amazing. And I, I don't know anyone that, that starts the day like you do. So yeah, no, um, I want to hit on, I'm, I'm going to address it, but I want to hit on this consistency sure. thing sure. real quick. Cause I think, you know, I, I write about it in selling from the heart that many in sales are consistently inconsistent. They lead the roller coaster of life through sales, right? A couple great months, boom, couple great months, boom. It's just consistency. You know, I wasn't forced into sales. I chose sales, but something along the way happened and is how I was brought up. And I said in the beginning of our podcast, I was brought up with a dad who was a bookworm, who was a, you know, a rocket scientist for the U.S. Air Force. He was book smart, street stupid. Mm -hmm. But what he ingrained in me was, and the older I got, the more I started to see this, that I had to do the same things all the time. It's how he was raised. That's how they, my parents raised me. And it's that same philosophy I took to sales. Mm-hmm. I made certain things non-negotiable and I had to do them every single day. Yeah. I had to prospect every single day. I had to do these things every single day. I had to do the core foundations of my job with consistency every single day. I had to plan, I had to prepare, I had to practice. And that I held myself highly accountable as my own worst sales manager. So I share this with you because I learned over the years that routines and doing it consistently it's just like sports athletes and professional athletes that are out there they consistently do the same things those are the one percenters that hold themselves to a high degree of standards and they work harder on themselves and they outsmart they outwit they outpace everybody that's what i did i found out a long time ago my brain works the best first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I need to learn how to capture the morning. So I wake up and you know this because we've spoken about it. Seven days a week, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning, I wake up seven days a week. I'm not saying that to say, hey, I wake up before 90% of most people wake up on the West Coast. I, I, I say that for a reason. I learned, I, I just learned how my brain works. I capture the morning for 45 minutes. I sit in complete darkness and I think, I reflect. I think about what I did yesterday. I think about what I need to do today. I think about what I did the past couple of weeks. What could I have done better? Who can I help today? And that's and at three and that's my routine. And then I start doing a little workout routine, and then I read. I read thirty minutes every single day, more on the weekends. But that that's what makes me. I get. I I know if I don't start that off the same way, I'll tell you this as we're as we're talking right now. I threw my routine off this morning. I woke up at three. I did my three to my three forty five routine. I didn't work out, and I feel it. But it's those routines, it's those consistencies. And I tell salespeople this all the time. If you fail to capture the morning, your day slips by. Yeah. Most yeah. people hit the alarm, right? Whether that be on, next to their bed or on their phone, they hit it two or three times. They go, oh, crap, I got to get freaking out of bed, right? They hop into the rain locker, they clean up, right? They grab a banana and a cup of coffee and they're out to work. Yeah. And then your day just freaking slips by. I just learned to capture the first two, two and a half, three hours when I wake up. That's my time to get prepped for the day. Yeah. I realized a long time ago, for me, it's not about what I want. It's about what I need. And I, 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 I'm a night owl by nature, so it's hard for me to wake up. But I love, I, I do wake up earlier now, not 3 a.m., but around, you know, 6, 6.30. And it's, it takes discipline, but it's it's what I need. I'm, I'm happier, you know, but yeah. it's not easy. So um, I want to also touch on one thing you said is, you know, the sales methodology stuff for me, my theory is, and I was a psychology major is the, the technology changes quickly. The office environment company culture changes quickly, but the psychology of sales does not, you know, um, it, it's, it stays pretty, you know, if you're, if you're a student of psychology, and you understand people, then that goes uh, much. That goes a long way, much further than if you read every sales book out there. I know people that have, and and you know, <laughs> people don't want to deal with them. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know you were a psychologist. Oh, geez. okay. So now I know where I these conversations. Oh, okay. So, but now I know where these conversations are going to go afterwards. But but here's what's here, here's what's really interesting. I was never the smartest person out there in sales. There's people that could outsmart me, outwit me, outstrategize me. I just learned that no one was going to outcare me. And the more that I showed Eric how much I cared, the more I placed Eric up on a silver business platter, the more I helped Eric, the more I got to know Eric, the more I had engaging business conversations with Eric something magical happened. Eric starts telling me things he would normally not tell somebody else. And I always tell this with salespeople, right? It's not rocket science. You want to know the deep, dark secrets are going on in the businesses that you're currently working with. You go first, you tell them issues and challenges that you've overcome and you tie those into the issues and challenges they have right now. Hmm. You will never, ever, ever 
learn the deep, dark secrets that go on with executive decision makers, mid-level decision makers, whoever you're calling on, if you keep that relationship at a surface level. It will always be at the surface level. You want to know the deep, dark secrets that go on inside companies? Rip back the covers, crawl in, and care, and watch what starts to happen. So is that, if you're going to, if you're going to give advice on, on uh, uh, prospecting today, getting into an account when they, they don't know you, they don't know your product, they don't know uh, your name or the company name, is that, is that what you'd advise if you had one piece of advice is, is you know, part of your messaging should be about you and you know, humanize yourself? It, it, well, no, nobody, it, it's so funny. You bring a, we all talk about humanization, but it just goes to show you how much we've dehumanized sales because we're hiding behind technology. We're not, we're not using technology to help facilitate a human conversation. We're just hiding behind it. And it's, you know, it's not starting that conversation off about product and, and your service and your company because people don't care. Why not just, you wouldn't start off a friend conversation like that. So why do you start it off with somebody you'd like to do business with? Yeah. I learned a long time ago and, and I hated prospecting. I literally got sweaty palms picking up the phone. I hated the phone prospect. I hated it with a passion till I hired my first business coach and I, and I'll kind of leave you with this. And I think this may help people is my first business coach ever. He said, Larry, do you have a problem picking up the phone and calling your friends? I said, no. Do you have a problem picking up your phone and calling your parents? No. Do you have a, do you have any of those issues calling anyone that you remotely know? No, I don't. He goes, here's what I'm going to ask you to do when you pick up the phone, pretend like you're talking to one of your friends. Yeah. Instantaneously, something clicked in my brain. Still to this day, and I've used the phone all the time. If I was prospecting you, hey, Eric, it's Larry Levine. What's happening? Yeah. It's how I talk to my friends. Yeah. But, yeah. Then, I, but then I just integrate in business speak. Right? Hey, over the last 60 days, I've been speaking with my CFO clients. These are the issues and challenges I've been helping them solve. Any of those sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll conclude with this on my side is, um, you know, whether you're, you're talking to a prospect or, or to me or on LinkedIn, you know, it, it, you have a, a way about you that, you know, screams, you're, you're showing your true self, you know, and um, that, that obviously attracts a lot of people, you know, that's, and that's powerful to, to show that vulnerability. Um, and, and, you know, uh, we're just having a conversation. It was first time I talked to you, I just felt like I could probably tell you anything cause you were just an honest guy. And that was just over the phone, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to um, say thank you, uh, Larry, for, for uh, being a guest today. And also it, I, you don't know, you don't know how refreshing it was to read your book and, and no, I dude, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I felt like that's exactly what I need in my sales career right now is what Larry's talking about. Just a little, you know, this is, there's no book like that, you know? And I was like, finally, finally someone said it. And, and, and I'm even happier to see how many people are following you and, and are, and are enthusiastic about it. It's what sales needed. I think you, 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 you know, you revolutionize sales in a lot of ways. 
Well, no, dude, I, this, this means a lot because I always say this is I'm leading a revolution around authenticity, integrity, and substance in the sales profession. It's long overdue. And if I could just leave our time together with this, and by the way, I really appreciate hanging out with you as I, I always share this as I always would like to end videos that I do and like this sincerity, substance, and heart will set you apart. And I want everyone to really understand that. What does sincerity mean? What does substance mean? And what does heart mean? Get in tune with that. Give, just bring that out to your marketplace. Bring that out to your clients. Bring that out to the people that you want to do business with. Bring true sincerity. Bring business substance to the business table. And don't break their heart. That's great. That's great. Um, well, we can all use a little bit more Larry Levine. In there. Um, so <laughs> thank you again, Larry, for, for giving me the time. And, um, I'll, I'll be posting this shortly on the, on the, uh, world wide web. And, uh, you know, I hope to keep the relationship alive and hope to talk do to you. Do you call me? Do you can call me anytime. You already know that. <laughs> all right, man. All right. See you later, man. All right. See you. Always a pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.